0: Listen to God's Word for November 25th. Today's reading includes Galatians 4 through 6 and Acts 17. May God bless this reading of His Word. Galatians 4 What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, He is no different from a slave, although he is the owner of everything. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the date set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were enslaved under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive our adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, you are also an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and worthless principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that my efforts for you may have been in vain. I beg you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. You know that it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And although my illness was a trial to you, you did not despise or reject me. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What then has become of your blessing? For I can testify that if it were possible... You would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous for you, but not in a good way. Instead, they want to isolate you from us, so that you may be zealous for them. Nevertheless, it is good to be zealous if it serves a noble purpose, at any time, and not only when I am with you. My children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not understand what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born through the promise. These things serve as illustrations, for the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children into slavery. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present-day Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren woman who bears no children! Break forth and cry aloud, you who have never travailed, Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, however, the son born by the flesh persecuted the son born by the spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Expel the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not be encumbered once more by a yoke of slavery. Take notice. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been severed from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. All that matters is faith expressed through love. You were running so well. Who has obstructed you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is troubling you will bear the judgment, whoever he may be. Now, brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those who are agitating you, I wish they would proceed to emasculate themselves. For you, brothers, were called to freedom. But do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love." The entire law is fulfilled in a single decree, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you keep on biting and devouring one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy and rage, rivalries, divisions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Galatians 6 Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own work. Then he will have reason to boast in himself alone and not in someone else. For each one should carry his own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word must share in all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God is not to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap in return. The one who sows to please his flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due time... We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to the family of faith. See what large letters I am using to write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. They only do this to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. For the circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But as for me, may I never boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who walk by this rule, even to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Acts 17 When they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbaths he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, he declared. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few leading women. The Jews, however, became jealous. So they brought in some troublemakers from the marketplace, formed a mob, and sent the city into an uproar. They raided Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas, hoping to bring them out to the people. But when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king named Jesus. On hearing this, the crowd and city officials were greatly disturbed and they collected bond from Jason and the others, and then released them. As soon as night had fallen, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day to see if these teachings were true. As a result, many of them believed, along with quite a few prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that Paul was also proclaiming the word of God in Berea, they went there themselves to incite and agitate the crowds. The brothers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy remained in Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens— and then returned with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply disturbed in his spirit to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and God-fearing Gentiles, and in the marketplace with those he met each day. Some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also began to debate with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others said, He seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was proclaiming the good news of Jesus and the resurrection. So they took Paul and brought him to the Areopagus, where they asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you are bringing some strange notions to our ears and we want to know what they mean. Now all the Athenians and foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing more than hearing and articulating new ideas. Then Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and examined your objects of worship, I EVEN FOUND AN ALTAR WITH THIS INSCRIPTION, TO AN UNKNOWN GOD. THEREFORE, WHAT YOU WORSHIP AS SOMETHING UNKNOWN, I NOW PROCLAIM TO YOU. THE GOD WHO MADE THE WORLD AND EVERYTHING IN IT IS THE LORD OF HEAVEN AND EARTH, AND DOES NOT LIVE IN TEMPLES MADE BY HUMAN HANDS. NOR IS HE SERVED BY HUMAN HANDS, AS IF HE NEEDED ANYTHING because He Himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man He made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And He determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands. God intended that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him... We live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are His offspring. Therefore, being offspring of God, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by man's skill and imagination. Although God overlooked the ignorance of earlier times, He now commands all people everywhere, to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some began to mock him, but others said, we want to hear you again on this topic. At that, Paul left the Areopagus. But some joined him and believed, including Dionysius the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others who were with them. Thanks for listening, and join us tomorrow as we listen to God's Word. Questions or comments? Email us at info at org.